Hello, thank you so much for tuning in. You are listening to No Free Rides, one of the first and best disability podcasts available on the internet. So you are listening um, to a show sponsored by easystand.com. They are the makers of some of the finest standing frames in the world, really. Um, Check them out at easystand.com. So hey everybody, this is our last podcast of 2013 and I am so excited because we have a nature girl on the show today. She is a certifiable tree hugger and she climbs trees. She is paralyzed, yet she can climb trees with ropes. And why does she climb trees? You'll have to stay tuned for that. She is really smart and that's a clue into her fascinating educational program she's doing right now. So stay tuned for Rebecca Tripp later on in the show. But first, um, hey everybody, how was your Christmas? You know, uh, or the holiday season if you don't celebrate, right? Um, Hope you got everything you wished for and had a a lovely holiday giving. Um, You know, I always had an issue with Christmas after my spinal cord injury. I felt it was very depressing because I couldn't do any of the things I used to love to do that for me equated Christmas, like um, sledding and ice skating and just making snow forts and all these things that you do as a kid. And I was hurt when I was 14, so that for me was Christmas. So all these years have passed, it's been like 20 years, and it seems though, finally, that I have kind of re-fallen in love with Christmas. And it's really exciting. I didn't think it was going to happen, but now um, I love it. And I have my tree up still. I have three different candy canes uh, that are all delicious on my tree, a chocolate and mint, a sweet tart candy candy cane, and of course an original. I I love Christmas now. I don't know why I changed. There was nothing like monumental that happened. I just woke up one year, a few years ago, and I decided I'm going to bring the magic back. So I don't know. I hope all of you can reclaim something that you felt like you lost after your injury or after your acquired disability, if it was acquired. If not, you probably don't have the issue as much, and you're very lucky in that. Um, so anyways, you know, what else? You know, it's really cold in Minnesota. It's freezing out. I have invested in some really warm fleece leggings. So if you live somewhere where it's cold, try to check them out. I really, really love them. Fleece leggings, you can get them anywhere. They're really cheap. So you know, warm up, you know, the smart way, layer. Um, And also Ugg boots are so great to wear if you're a wheelchair user. Uh, They're easy to put on and they keep your feet nice and toasty warm all day long. So just some of my little tips for all you guys listening. And last but not least, before we bring Rebecca on the show, um, it's the end of the year, right? So you need to think about your New Year's resolutions. Um, Don't make it hard. Don't make it impossible to reach. Make it something that you will feel really proud of yourself coming up in March, let's say, and you've stayed with it even for only three months. Maybe you want to lose some weight. Maybe you want to quit smoking. Maybe you want to keep your wheelchair more clean in the year 2014. I do. (laughs) But whatever you end up doing, don't make it completely unreachable, okay? Promise me that. All right. Well, I hope you all had a wonderful 2013. Stay tuned, and we will bring Rebecca on in a moment. Hello, everybody. So as I mentioned at the top of the show, we are joined by Rebecca Tripp. She is our very first person who goes into the trees on our show. She's a tree climber. It's crazy, right? But it's for a very um, educational purpose, as she will uh, uh, share with us here in a second. So without further ado, hey, Rebecca, how are you? 
I'm fine, thanks. How are you? I'm good. How was your Christmas? Do you celebrate the holiday season? Yes, it was actually really nice. We've had a lot of snow here, so it was a really nice white Christmas. So, where do you live? I live in Maine, about halfway up the coast. Oh my gosh, you live in Maine. It's a little town. <laughs> wow. We've had a crazy ice storm, so I'm fortunate to have heat and power and a lot of a lot of people around here don't. Wow, what kind of what kind of I didn't I didn't even hear about it. Like a lot of a lot of ice? A lot of ice, yeah. Oh. Yeah. A, a pretty uh, huge portion of the state lost electricity for going on about a week now. Oh my gosh. But but yeah. you're but you're okay. <laughs> well, that's awesome. I didn't know you lived in Maine. So are you are you from there originally? I am. Yes, I've mm. lived here my whole life. All right. So basically, when I think of Maine, I think of like you by the beach and you get to go get lobsters and that kind of thing in the, in the summertime. <laughs> I, yeah, I actually live um, very close to the ocean. I can see it from my apartment actually, right on the coast. Oh my gosh. That's nice, yeah. Oh. And I actually am I'm one of those people who, um, a lot of people leave Maine in the wintertime, but yeah. I'm one of those who actually love it. This is my favorite season. Really? So. That's awesome. You know, and even despite a spinal cord injury, you still say that, which I love. I, I'm in Minneapolis, and i got to tell you, I kind of like the winter, too, so I can relate yeah. to it. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> awesome. It's, it's hard to get around in a wheelchair in the wintertime, oh, but as you know. But, oh, my God. It's, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. And I, and I, I find there's a very there's obviously it's peaceful and serene you know and um for I'm a writer you know and I do podcasts but I, I'm a writer first and foremost and I find that I can just I'm, I can write better in the winter even mm. you know what I mean Makes sense. Yeah. yeah so how old are you I am 33 you're 33 oh my god you're almost my age you're I'm a year <laughs> older than you okay so this is fascinating to me now you were injured not too long ago right uh, it's been about six years. About six years. So that's not too long, really, in the grand scheme no, of things. not really, no. So how were you injured? Um, it was in an automobile crash, actually. Yeah, I was, yeah. thankfully, I was the only person involved. So, oh um, and I sustained a spinal cord injury complete um, at T8, T9. Oof. So did you fall asleep at the wheel, or what happened? Um... No, actually, it's it's a little personal, but it was actually um, it was actually a failed suicide attempt of all things. So oh, Rebecca, <laughs> it was it was my own fault. Okay, so. well, I'm not going to go into it. That that is definitely crazy. Are you glad you're still here? Um, I I am. I, I wasn't initially. I was pretty angry about it actually, but now I'm I'm extremely happy that I'm that I'm still here. Wow. Yeah, Six I have a lot years. to look forward to. You know, I think we've all been there, thought of it, but never actually, yeah. never actually tried it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Wow. Well, I'm glad you're still here. Thank you. And I'm glad to meet you. And you know, and life is never easy. Um, you know, and I always say that when I meet people with spinal cord injuries, God doesn't want us to be happy. He wants us to be strong, mm. you know, and you have to find that strength. You know, life isn't supposed to be easy. And people that think it should be, those people get on my nerves. There's no Kardashian <laughs> life. We're not the Kardashians, you know. Life isn't like that in real, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And life gets hard. You're a paraplegic, so you're a TA, which means you got pretty good balance and stuff, right? Um, my balance is... is um, okay 
yeah. it definitely could be a lot better, but yeah. I do have, um, you know, full use and strength of, of my upper body. Right. So, you know, I have no impairment with my, you know, my arms, shoulders, or any of that. That's so. awesome. Well, that's good. You know, so did you, I know you, before we get into what you did this summer, did you try to do any adaptive athletics and stuff after you got injured? I didn't. No, you haven't. You would be a no. good candidate for it. You should try skiing. I, I actually, I was very active before my injury. Um, you know, a, a lot of solo activity. I like to hike and really? swim and that sort of thing. Um, mm. And so I probably, I probably uh, will at some point get back into it. Yeah, I, I do should, miss being active. You should try some, like, you know, Nordic sit skiing. It's really beautiful. Mm. You know, you can just go through the woods and it's, you know, glide along. And since you're a paraplegic i wish i was a paraplegic you could just transfer yourself in and out of your little ski go park and just go you know i wish i could do that yeah. it's a beautiful sport especially in maine you know yeah something yeah, to think about be- love it well anyway sorry i could tell you what to do all day long but um <laughs> but you should totally get into it girl i'm telling you you might it might make you happy in, in the winter it sounds like you love winter but what do you do? Yeah, I think it probably would actually. Well, what do you do then? What's your what? What kind of hobbies do you have up there in Maine? Do you just kind of are you a media whore like I am? I'm constantly watching films. It seems not so much. I mean, I I like to read a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said before, before my injury, I was very active, and not so much since my injury. Okay. Even though it's been six years now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I've, I'm still kind of in that process of finding other things that I that I like to do because I was the type of person before who hated to, to be sitting down. I had to be up doing something. Really? So, oh, gosh. Um, but I, I do like to read. Um, you know, I like to pretty much do anything outside. Um, but I'm still, I'm still trying to find uh, mm-hmm. something that really grabs my interest. All right. Well, you know, i got plenty of time still. So after your injury, you know, how long were you in rehab for? Did you go, did you try any experimental, experimental therapies anywhere? I did not have a good rehab experience, actually. Um, I was in the hospital for uh, two months after my injury and the the rehab aspect of it was, was uh, pretty limited, actually. Um, I didn't learn a whole lot. Most of, most of what I've learned, I've kind of learned on my own after being discharged from the hospital, Um. so... Um, it's, it's been, it's been a long learning process. So you stayed, you've only gone to re, to re, you got only rehabilitated there in Maine. Did you didn't go to any other hospitals outside? I, I didn't, no. Well, you said, could, have you do some funds or would you be interested in such a thing? I'm sorry. Would, would you be interested in doing such a thing or is it just a money related thing you didn't want to? Um, no, actually, I would be interested in doing that. I, I um, originally did apply to go to Shepherd. Yeah. Um, and I talked to some folks down there, and they said that I was an ideal candidate. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then my insurance wouldn't cover it. So yeah, it, see. It wasn't an option. I know. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was gonna. So many people that are newly injured now are going to that project walk um, out in San Diego. I've heard about that. Yeah, and it's very exciting. And I'm a very old injury. And they say they, say they could even help me, but someone at your so many years post-injury could probably really benefit, too. It's very it's very expensive. People have benefits so they can, you know, yeah. afford to go. How many, do you mind me asking how many years post you are? I am 20 years post. Oh, wow. 20 years post in August. August 25th, I was 14 and uh, broke my neck and I thought I was a goner. In fact, I pretty much thought I was going to die. I drowned. 
So I I was not wanting to die, and I was like, I made a deal with God. I'm like, you can't let me die. Um, I'm too young, not ready to go. And I'm very glad, even though I'm paralyzed, I would rather be here than dead, because I'd probably be haunting that beach for at least 20 years. <laughs> I would have been a very angry soul. So, you know, and that's the thing, you know. I was brought back, but in, in a different, now this is the life that I have. And it's been a, it's, it's really, you know, it's a journey. It's not, a lot of times people will say the longer you're paralyzed, the easier it gets. And I don't think it does. <laughs> I think you find better, I, th I think you find, you know, solid coping mechanisms though. But yeah. you, you always are sad that you, you know, can't feel your body the way you used to and move it, you know, the way you used to. And, oh. And I still have hard mornings, especially. But, you know, for me, I always just have, like, this handful of stuff that I love about life still. And whenever I have these horrible moments, I just make sure to remind myself of the things that I find that are worth, that make life for me worth living yeah. for, you know? And, like, okay. I mean, there's always plenty of things to be grateful for. Yep. And for me, that's what I do. I do a lot of talk therapy. And, you know, in trying to keep my mind busy, writing, reading, doing that kind of thing, you know. Yeah. But it's funny. Everyone has their own way of coping. I've talked to so many people with spinal cord injuries, and everyone has different ways. A lot of people travel, or a lot of people do crazy extreme stuff, too. They find that they need to get their adrenaline going more now that they're paralyzed. Yeah. It's weird. But, you know, that kind of brings me into what you did this summer. Let's kind of go there, because you were up in some – pretty big trees, climbing trees <laughs> with ropes and harnesses. That seems like it'd be pretty scary. It actually wasn't, no? believe it or not. I, I mean, growing up in Maine, I, as a kid, I climbed trees all the time. Oh, yeah. And as an adult, you know, I spent a lot of time. The forest for me is like kind of, kind of like a refuge for me. It's just a really, uh, you know, nice, serene place for me to be. And mm -hmm. after I became injured, I never really thought I was going to be able to enjoy the forest in the same way. Oh, yeah. You know, before my injury, so mm -hmm. um, this was was an exciting opportunity for me. Um, it was kind of weird to leave Maine, mm -hmm. which you know was covered in trees, to go mm -hmm. out to Kansas and, <laughs> and climb trees out there. Um, but that's that's what I did. It was this uh, research project okay. that was being uh, hosted at Baker University in Kansas, cool. and it was funded by the National Science Foundation. And it was essentially, um, you know, the primary reason for it was to give undergraduate students uh, experience in biological field research. Mm -hmm. And um, the really cool thing about it is that the scientists who were spearheading this project were actively recruiting participants with ambulatory disabilities. That is so, so cool. They were actually looking for um, four students uh, in wheelchairs okay. and four students without. And two of us applied and two of us were accepted. So. And are you a non-student, right? I am a non-student, yes. Um, but fortunately, they accepted me anyway. We learned how to climb trees and, and yeah, it was pretty incredible. What was it like, you know, going back into that kind of environment when you're not a student? You know, because you've been out of school for a while, right? I've been out of school for a while, yeah. I, I got my undergraduate degree in psychology and graduated in uh, 2002. Yeah, me too. And it's been a while. And, mm -hmm. you know, I didn't know what to expect going out there because mm -hmm. these are all undergrad students. So, you know, they're you know, 19 and 20 years old. Yeah, right. Um, and they're all studying, you know, biology, chemistry, yeah. uh, things like that. And I'm not. So, so it was a little intimidating, but, um, you know, nothing 
nothing changes if nothing changes, you know? So right. I just kind of gave it my all and, and went for it, and I'm so glad that I did. And what were they studying? You kind of came in not knowing really anything about what they were studying, right? And then you kind of had to learn. Not a clue. No, I didn't even know how to use a microscope. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they seriously had to teach me everything. Wow. All of us, um, really, as a group. There were only eight students all together, so... Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't, you know, it, it was a lot of one-on-one attention, which was nice. That's so cool. Um, and we were studying these little uh, microscopic organisms called tardigrades, mm. um, which are actually really fascinating. And the terrestrial species that we were studying are found in moss and lichen. So Ooh. that's why we were ascending into the canopy and, and collecting specimens were from the, different trees. How high were you going? I think the highest, the highest of us uh, went 65 Oh um, the highest I went was about 45 feet. Okay. Um, because it's a matter of, you know, it's a matter of how high up you can throw your lines, basically. Wow. And they, and they make you do that. Yes. Yeah. Wow. And, and we had a, in the beginning, we had a slingshot, which helped out tremendously. But yes. um, about halfway through the program, that broke. So then we had <sighs> to kind of throw them by hand. And so, of course, we couldn't get the ropes that oh, man. terribly high that way. But Wow. That's cool they made you do that part on your own. That, so they make sure it's yeah. safe that way, right, to make sure you're strong enough to yeah. do it. So can you kind of explain the process of the harness and how it works? Sure. So um, for like the first week we went out there, we, we started climbing, and there actually was um, a group from uh, Kansas City mm-hmm. who came out to help us, and they taught us all about uh, tying different knots. So. Mm. We had to learn this whole uh, knot tying system oh, cool. to make sure that we were going to be safe up in the tree. Um, and then we would hook that, that series of knots uh, mm-hmm. to our harness. This was after we, we threw the rope over cool. um, over the limb. Um, and then it, it basically was just a, a matter of pulling ourselves up by oh. the rope up into the tree. Wow. So it's a lot of upper body, okay. <laughs> upper body work. And did the harness that you were in, did it have a back support for you? Or what? how, was it adequate enough for you? Know? Yes, it did. It took me, I think I went through probably, um, when we were going through the training, I went through like probably three or four different harnesses until I found one that was, that was right for me. And it, it did, it had oh. a lot of support in it. Cool, cool. And the, 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 you went through a group that has experience helping people do this with disabilities, right? Yes. And what, yes. what's what's the name of the organization again? Uh, it's Tree Climbing, uh, Tree Climbers, Kansas City, or Tree. I think it's Tree Climbing, Kansas City. That's so cool. Wow. And so, how? Why? Wonder why they believe. You know, I guess it's like a natural kind of fit for people with disabilities to climb trees because it's still something with the right equipment you can still do, you know? Absolutely, yeah. And, and actually the, um, the scientists who, who uh, created this project, they, the reason they actively were recruiting participants, participants with ambulatory disabilities mm-hmm. is because they wanted to show not only students but also other scientists and also people at the National Science Foundation yeah. who were funding this yeah. that, you know, wheelchairs and, and other you know, physical limitations don't have to deter students from becoming field biologists yes. or, you know, going into other fields or going into other, um, yeah, fields and areas of science right. um, that they want to go into. You know, I, I needed some assistance here and there. Some mm-hmm. of the terrain was, was rough, but yeah. for the most part, I mean, I did, I did everything the same way that everybody else did. Absolutely. And hypothetically, in a situation like that, if it was a, 
you would just need a partner to work with in a real life situation and you that, that would be a functional job totally absolutely you absolutely. know i think that's really great because a lot of times kids in wheelchairs they you're they don't think they can do that oh i can't maybe i can be the office person but not the person out in the field right yeah that's awesome and, and that was kind of my my thinking as well because i found out about this project through the university of maine which is where i first graduated from <clears throat> and i contacted them to find out about their wildlife ecology program or their environmental science program because um, i was looking at returning to school and they connected me with this project that that was my thinking. It's like, you know, I'm passionate about environmental issues and caring for the environment, but I sort of only saw myself being able to do that behind a desk. Right. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to do that. Because you're an outdoors (laughs) person, yeah. Yeah, I wanted to be out in the field, you know, working with my hands, working with my body, you know, seeing results personally, up, you know, up front. I love that. So um, this this experience really proved to to me that... I'm far more capable than I ever gave myself credit for. Yeah. I'm far more capable than society gives yeah. me and, and you and people like us yeah. credit for. All you need is the right equipment, and it's totally possible. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. So now what are you going to do now that this internship's over with? Are you going to actually try to go to school and study this or what? I, I think I probably will. Awesome. Um, one of the One of the scientists who started this project actually gave me um, – a part-time job to do remotely as her research assistant and she's actually having me go down to North Carolina uh, in February to give a keynote lecture oh. um, about my experience so at, awesome. uh, uh, at North Carolina State so um, I don't know where I don't know where this all is, is going to go but yeah. um, it's it's definitely it's definitely still an interest of mine and now that I know um, there are ways of doing what I want to do, then, yeah. I, then I'm uh, more anxious, I guess, to, to pursue that and see where it's going to go. And, the, and just learning the technique of climbing a tree, I mean, that's just a life skill. Could you do that on your own now, or do you still need an able-bodied person present? I would still need an able-bodied person present because when you come back down, you don't always come back down in the same exact spot. Oh, I yeah. I need to have somebody mm-hmm. make sure my chair was going to be there. That's scary, yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> a little risky. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. It's always good to have someone else there just for just for safety issues because you never know what might happen. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's good for anybody, really. Yeah. And would you, is that the same technique kind of used for mountain climbing or is it different? Um, With the rope over the thing or you pull up like that. I, I think it. I think it's similar. So um, similar. There, it looks I'm similar. Sure there are some some differences, but um, so I think cool. it's pretty similar. So, are you not afraid of heights at all? Then, when you're up there, I I, I love heights. Wow. So you really are. In, so growing up, your family, you must have been out in the forest all the time, huh? Um, growing up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I spent a lot of time in the woods growing up. That's so cool. I love that. Me too, you know, and I find that to be a very peaceful place for me as an adult because of my childhood in the forest. Mm. I love it. And so what other kind of environmentalism work have you done? Um, Well, I haven't really done anything, um, like I haven't really done much environmental work. Mm -hmm. I have done some work like right now in volunteering at... um, 
a sanctuary that takes in uh, abused and neglected farm animals. So oh, really? lots of yeah, lots of cows and sheep and chickens oh, and horses wow. that have that have really come from pretty dire situations. Oh my gosh! Um, and I spend a lot of time out there. Wow. Um, but as far as as far as environmental work, I haven't really mm-hmm. delved into that a whole lot yet. I mean, I, I incorporate a lot of. Um, you know, caring for the environment in my own personal life. I love it. But you know, as far as extending that into the community, I haven't, I haven't done that yet. Well, that's cool. I know. As, so, as a spinal cord injured woman, where you're living, do you have any other local people that have spinal cord injuries? Like, as a mentor, kind of community situation around there? Not at all. Really? I, I have one acquaintance. I, I can't even really call him a friend because I think I've only met him. Um, two or three times um, who uses a wheelchair and that's the only person I know. Wow, that's not really that good. Sometimes it's good to talk to someone that can understand you. Well, you live in a pretty small town. We're not going to ask you where so creeps out there can't find you. But... (laughs) If you live in, it is a very small town. If you live in a small town, I know, I, you know, I grew up in a small town and I went back home after my injury, but now I live in a big city. And I, but, but you know, it's good maybe, you know, to talk to people online, but it's good. I it's a, Have you found, though, you know, okay, it was six years ago when your accident happened, and uh, how, do you, how do you feel you've transitioned into a disabled woman? Do you feel like it's been okay? Do you still feel confident as a female? Right. Uh, that's an interesting question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a serious question, too, because a lot of women have problems with this. And, you know, yeah, we all I go mean, through it. The, the, strange, the strange thing mm-hmm. is, um, in some ways, in some ways, I'm more confident as a woman than I was before. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had a lot of... Um, I had a lot, I, I had very low self-esteem okay. my whole life, really. Um, really, and, you know, hence the suicide attempt right. I for my whole life from, from pretty severe depression. Okay, okay. Um, and, and I still had that after my injury, and, you know, for, for a few years, yeah. I just kind of sat in my apartment and, and stared at the walls, oh. you know, and... And I'm not really sure what snapped me out of it, but yeah. something did. And yeah. I, I have more confidence now than I had prior to my injury, actually. And I, I can't say that it's injury-related, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. but I, I have more confidence as a, as a person and as a woman now than I, than I did before. Maybe. You know, there are, still, there are still those issues. You know, you have people who, who don't look at you. Yes, or don't notice you. Or <laughs> you know, Yes, I know. Or, or when they're talking to you, they sort of, or, you know, talk to the person next to you or talk yeah. over your head or oh, girl, I know um, that. Mm-hmm. Like they can't really look at you but um, and you know the same thing with, with the opposite sex it's like mm-hmm. you know they don't even kind of look in my direction but mm-hmm. um, I'm okay with that well, <laughs> because, I'm more, because I'm more comfortable with who I am you're more comfortable now, so it doesn't, that doesn't really bother me well that's cool it sounds like you know you've kind of maybe taken on the survivor personality which is like I'm a badass. You can't mess yeah. with me. You know what I mean? That's kind of what I do sometimes. So like, don't mess with me. I drowned and came back. Okay? Your little stairs aren't going to bug me. Okay? I've been through yeah. a lot worse. But you can't tell me you haven't had one guy check you out since you broke your back. Um, I, I honestly don't think so. Oh, come I on. I honestly don't think so. No. I have, do, you, do you still try to, you know, do your your thing where you look, you know, your girl, you know what I mean? <laughs> no, 
no. Okay, well. And I, and I was never that type of person before okay. either, so. Yeah, right? I can kind of get that vibe. I have some girlfriends like you who are able-bodied that are like, you know, screw makeup. They just wear what's comfortable, but they look good anyways, right? But when you're in a chair, it's a little bit difficult to pull that off, you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. But whatever. The right guy's not going to give a crap. If you're even, if you're even looking, I, I, I in, all, in all honesty, finding the right guy has, has kind of always been on uh, the bottom of my <laughs> pole of, of things that are important to me. still there, so. Alright, well, you know, I'm 34, and I'm technically pretty much single, too, and have had horrible luck dating for, like, ever, and I don't foresee myself having kids or a husband <laughs> either, and that's okay. Um, I've had fun, though, I will tell you that. Yeah. And I will say, and I will tell you, it's totally possible to, like, date like crazy. Uh, I've done it, and it's, I kind of regret it, but, um, you know, so just let you know you can do it if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> so, marriage and kids are, are never things I wanted for myself anyway, but yeah. um, I kind of I do miss dating. Yeah, dating's oh. fun. You go out and get some free food or whatever, you know, and make out at the end of the date, and then he doesn't call, <laughs> and then he doesn't call you the next day, but hey, it was really fun. You know, the new thing that happens when you go on dates with guys is they, they don't like you, but they'll still call you the next day, and like then, then it's like, then after that, you don't hear from them. So it's like the second day brush off. That's That happened to me a few times this year, and it bugs me, and sometimes it's wheelchair-related, but I've been doing it so long that I'm like, whatever. The wheelchair is actually, Rebecca, it's a great filter of men. So always remember that it filters through the douchebags. Hmm. Yep. A good way of looking at it. The right it guy. Actually. Yep. The right guy can, who can really deal with that's the guy you want to be, be with anyway. So. Very true. So that's think a of good it way that of looking way. At it. Yeah. So anyways. Oh my gosh. So I was gonna ask you a couple more things here. You know. Um. Okay. I was looking about you up on the internet this afternoon, and I saw there was an article done about you in the Ability Magazine coming up here. Yeah. And I'm really annoyed because I'm not a, a subscriber to it, so I can't read it. Uh. What's it about? What, what do they more? Do they talk about your your tree climbing? Um, it's actually uh, it's actually an article that I wrote. Oh, yes. So um, yeah, it's uh, I haven't had any communication with them for a while, so okay. I'm I'm not sure uh, you know where it is. Okay. Um, in, in you know in the stages of being published or you know if they're uh it's it's, or, it's coming out in January. Uh, oh, it is. Yes. I, <laughs> I just looked it up. It's scheduled. Um, um, it's posted. It's part of their Jan January, February issue. But you can't read it online. You have to subscribe to read your article. Oh. It's Tree Hugger or something like that, right? I, I'm sorry. The name of the the title of the article is Tree Hugger. I, I didn't I didn't list the title. All right. Well, they picked a title for you. Okay. <laughs> You'll have to I look it up. Like it, I don't know how much of the article they will they will edit, but awesome. basically, I just wrote about my experiences this summer about you know climbing trees and um, you know and what I what I did this summer That's learning so cool. you know, learning about tardigrades and um, yeah. That's great. So you're tr you're trying to spread spread the message of of climbing trees with the world yeah. basically. And just and and being more active and, and trying more things, I just I hate to see people because I I was one of those people who just doesn't doesn't try new things because they have a fear, you know, mm -hmm. like a fear of failure or um, they're afraid they're not going to be able to to do it. But you never know if you can until you try, and that's mm -hmm. why I think this particular program was so incredible because it's rare for people.
people to act, you know, programs like this to actively be recruiting and actively looking for people who use wheelchairs. It's so, totally and, weird. And, and something that your your um, listeners might want to know about too mm -hmm. is that they're actually going to be running this project for the next couple of years. Oh, really? So they will be recruiting um, each year that they do it. They'll be recruiting four wheelchair users. That is so great. So, yeah. Did you talk to the, do you know, like, who came up with this idea? Like, was it some personal reason, like, one of the founders of the program knows someone in a chair and they decided they wanted to do this? Like, how, do you know how it came about? Um, well, the, the main guy, the main scientist who started it, he is only, he's one of 15 tardigrade experts in the world. So, okay. um, and he's out in Kansas and he and this other woman too, um, the other scientists who, who steered this project, mm -hmm. they both said that they personally know, um, you know, world-class scientists who use wheelchairs. That's awesome. Wow. And, you know, they're, they're good friends. They do, mm -hmm. you know, world-class work. Mm -hmm. um, and they just think it's really unfortunate that so many um, people who use wheelchairs are so underrepresented in the yeah. sciences. Yeah, that's... And, and women, too. You know, women and, and people who are... who. Um, you know, have mobility issues. Absolutely. Underrepresented. So I love that you wanted to change that. Their mission is to change that. That's so great. Rebecca, I, you know, I think you're going to do well at that speech coming up here in February. Oh, I'm terrified. Uh, how, how big is the, how big is that group going to be that you're going to speak to? 450 people. Wow. I, uh, wow. I've, oh, I've been sick about it. You're going to have to make up a persona that day. You're going to have to become like <laughs> Chloe or someone, and that's going to have to be your badass speaking girl for the day. <laughs> I don't know. That's uh, tough. 400 people is a lot, but, you know, I, I, what you're the way you're talking about it, you're so passionate about it. If you just carry that through the speech, you'll be great, you know? Oh, I hope so. Thank Maybe, you. Yeah, it's so great meeting you. You know, I, I love talking to women with spinal cord injuries that are doing new, new and unique things. You know, I've had a lot of girly girls on the show, but it's always great to have someone like yourself on to kind of round out things and to show that, hey, you can do this too. This is possible as well, you know? Absolutely. So is there any way uh, people can contact you if they want to learn more about the program and maybe talk to you? or? Absolutely, yeah. Um, let me give you my email address. Sure. It's uh, P... Tarzan, mm -hmm. T A R Z A N, and the number 8080. Okay. And that's at gmail.com. Gmail.com. All right, everybody. And, that's and they can just contact me, and then I can, um, you know, answer any questions they have or get them in touch with, um, with any of the scientists who are running this project if they want to, you know, apply for it next year. Absolutely. And what's the, the website they can go to apply for the, skull, um, for the program? I don't know if it's up and running at the moment. Um, it's it's at the, uh, if, they, um, if they kind of just scroll around the page, it should be on the Baker University page. So okay. they just look up uh, Baker University in Kansas. Okay, okay. And go, to, and go to that website. There should be information there. Awesome. All right. Well, there's definitely going to be people out there list, uh, very interested in this because, uh, you know, it's very different. So I love it. That would be great. That All would right. be great if people would, you know, show some interest and, and apply. I'm sure they will. They'll probably have too many applicants. <laughs> well, that that would be that would be a good thing. Like I said, there were only two of us who applied this year, and oh. I, I think it's because the word didn't get out. I don't think a whole lot of people okay. knew that it even existed. No, no. And I write for I write for ma the magazine as well, as you know, and we, we didn't hear about it. So yeah. we, we should put that in there for next year for sure. 
All right, girl. Well, it was a pleasure meeting you. I hope you have a wonderful New Year's Eve coming up here and have a great New Year. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye. Okay. Take care.